just a reminder that this Christmas you have two options so far. There'll be a third presented to you. Uh, and you can do all three. Do a box. You can do this little star here. We need you to bring this piece back if you're doing this. It's $35 Canadian. These st stars and this money gets sent to Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, and it goes to help kids receive a gift, uh, much in the same way as that, but a local church administrates that for us through SGA. And so if you'd like to participate in Manuel's Child, again, take the, take the thing, keep the one side for yourself. You can hang that up on your, you know, on your mirror or on your tree or in your house just to remind you to pray for those kids and those families bring this back so we can mail this back and this will get sent over there and the kids will receive a gift with your card and they'll say wow someone in north america actually thought of me this christmas just like these kids that open these boxes will be like wow someone actually actually thought of me and we give local churches an opportunity to share jesus christ at christmas when we do things like this and so encourage you, please be generous this Christmas as we share the message of good news, of great joy, which will be for all the people that today in the city of David, a Savior has been born, and he is Christ the Lord. It's been a, seems like forever since I've been up here, but we've been talking about being centered. And, and there are many different centering influences in your life. We're going to talk about that again today, what centers you. But today, actually, the, the theme is more, what is your treasure quest? What is your treasure quest? I mean, there is some target that you are, are looking for, some treasure that you are, are seeking. And, you know, I grew up watching Indiana Jones. Anyone grow up watching Indiana Jones? You know, it was, um, you know, there were two good movies, and there was one in the middle that was a bit sketchy, right? And so... Um, and I didn't realize this until a couple of years ago, my wife and I, they, they were getting rid of, this was well, several years ago, they had these things called VHS, you know, and, and uh, there was a trilogy of VHS, and they were on sale for two bucks, so we bought this trilogy, and Lisa and I were watching them, our kids were little, so they, we were not watching them with the children, but then we watched the middle one, and we're like, ooh, that one is really dark, you know, and so they, be, they were burned in, inside of our fireplace later, and, but, um, but the first and the third one, I really liked, because it was... You know, he's on this quest to find, you know, special artifacts. You know, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's the Ark of the Covenant. In the Last Crusade, of course, it's the Holy Grail. Of course, no, no such thing exists. Understand that. There's no such thing as a Holy Grail. But at least in the movie, there is. And so the whole thing is this archaeologist on this adventure to, to find the, the Holy Grail or the Ark of the Covenant. It's pretty cool. There's snakes involved and fights and bullwhips and... You know, and it's really neat, you know, and of course every young kid thought, boy, wouldn't it be cool to be an archaeologist, right? And, and then as, an old, as a man, I discovered what archaeologists do, right? They sit in a hole all day with a paintbrush, and they brush dirt all day, all day, until they find a shard of, of you know, of pottery. And, oh, look, we found some pottery, woohoo, you know, and I found a piece of bone, yay, you know, and it's not very exciting. It's not Indiana Jones. <laughs> but inside of our hearts, we're all looking for something. Some treasure. Uh, that treasure may be physical, like monetary things. We're looking for that big payout. Th that treasure could be uh, just the acceptance of people. I want to just be in a place where I I'm popular and I'm accepted. Th that treasure could be, uh, you know, just accomplishments. 
piled up on top of each other. And you know what I mean. You can walk into certain people's offices and, and houses and studies and see on the wall, just there, there it is. It could be trophy shelves filled with trophies that they, and medals that they won you know, in their younger days. And they, you know, it means so much to them. And then, of course, you know, sometime when you move, you've got to get rid of them and you, you don't know what to do with them. They're not valuable to anyone else but to you. And then they end up, you know, on the shelf in the olive tree or the Salvation Army store and, you know, they don't mean, or in the dumpster because no one really cares about your public speaking award you got in 4-H or, or that medal you got in the junior basketball tournament. I mean, it doesn't, but it, to you, it was, it was a treasure. And sometimes our treasure quest is sort of a hidden thing that, that we don't even realize that we're doing the things we're doing, but it's just part of life. You're looking for something. We all are. And the, the book of Colossians talks about how Jesus Christ can become the X on the map <laughs> of your treasure quest. That you can discover in him a treasure that, that keeps giving and giving and giving. And that actually, when Christ is, is, is the center, is the treasure that, that you possess, that it brings stability to your life. Because the problem is, you know, we think, okay, well, the treasure is if I get into the perfect relationship. No. Or I meet the perfect person. And, of course, if you read the Bible, the only perfect person you can meet is Jesus. Because there's, there's no one on this earth that's perfect, right? And, and, and neither are you perfect. And so, but some of you think that maybe if I just had that perfect person, perfect marriage, that perfect boyfriend, that perfect girlfriend, it doesn't exist. And in the book of Colossians, the Apostle Paul in the first century says, you guys are being tempted to, to get off target in your treasure quest. I'm getting you back on track with Jesus here. And I want you to focus on him. And so in chapter 1, verse 21, he continues this. There's two themes that are going to come out in this passage. One is this idea of being firm, that if you get the right treasure, your life will be steady, secure. And that, and, and that secondly, Christ is the treasure that we can all possess. He is the gift that keeps giving. He, and, and there is enough for all of us in Jesus. And so, if you have your Bibles, we're in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. He's just finished this great section in verse 15 to 20 on, on just how Christ is so awesome, so great, so superior, so supreme, that there's no one like him. And, and, and if you were here a couple weeks ago, I said, is there anybody like him? Well, I was pretty weak, you guys. <laughs> Is there anybody like him? Yeah, so there was a few people here that day, <laughs> and they were listening. Don't forget that. There's nobody like Jesus. And in verse 21, he reminds them, remember where you guys were at before you discovered the treasure of all treasures? Verse 21 says, you were at one time strangers and enemies in your minds as expressed through your evil deeds. Like just, just don't forget where you came from. Don't forget how you were wandering around in circles and not ever landing on the target. Don't forget how just meaningless your life was before Jesus. And don't forget where you were at with God. You were a stranger. You were an enemy. And your actions were, were evil. I mean, you were totally outside the target. He says in verse 22, But now he has reconciled you by his physical body through death, to present you holy, without blemish, blameless before him, if indeed you remain in the faith, firm 
established without shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. This gospel has also been preached in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become its servant. Verse 22, he's reconciled. You were so far away, and now he's brought you into relationship with him, and the idea is that he's going to present you wholly without blemish and blameless before him. Now, this is the, the question. is like, I don't feel holy. I don't feel without blemish. I don't feel blameless right now, but in terms of your standing with God, this is the reality. In Christ, everything that was against you is forgiven. And of course, it looks ahead to something in the future. He says that if you remain established and firm without shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. Now, that if is what you call in the, this is just for, for Ken, if for, this is what you call the first class condition. It's not an if, like, well, it might happen. It's, it's, a, it's considered a, a true reality. The reality is, if you have Christ, you will one day be holy, blameless, without fault. If you keep that hope center in your focus. And this is the gospel that's been preached. And so he's talking this idea about stability, being firm. You know, if you've got the right target, I'm going to switch targets here for you for a second. If you've got the right target, so you're not focusing on the wrong thing, if you're heading in the right direction, it brings stability to your life. If you have hope at the center of your life, that is Jesus, yeah, you know, that, that grounds you. That, you know, no, Colossae was built on a fault line. A few years after the book was written, an earthquake came in and it, and it just destroyed the whole city. They never, ever rebuilt it to its former glory. It kind of became a, a no-name city just within a decade or two after this letter was written. Colossae just kind of was a, a forgotten, you know, city in the, in the middle of nowhere, you know. But uh, he's like, the reality is, if you get off target, when life shakes you up, you'll find yourself, you know, in, in, in the wrong place, at the wrong time, all because you were searching for the wrong thing. He says, you know, to keep your target on Jesus Christ. And look for your treasure in him. He continues in verse 24. And he, he talks this, this kind of a awkward kind of sort of section here. And, and I can't bring everything out in it. But I just, I just want to capture the, the, the kind of the feel for him in verse 24. He talks about, I rejoice in my sufferings for you. And I fill up in my physical body for the sake of his body, the church, what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. I became a servant of the church according to the stewardship from God given to me for you in order to complete the word of God. That is, the mystery that's been kept hidden from ages and generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known to them the glorious riches of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's like, the reality is I'm, I'm suffering right now. He's in prison probably writing this letter. And they're, they're like, okay, so, so if you're experiencing the riches of Christ. Why are you suffering, Paul? And he's like, the reality is, in this journey, when you associate with Jesus Christ, yeah, there's going to be some difficulties, but I am still enjoying the full riches of Christ, and I'm going to do everything I can to share the riches with everyone that I possibly can. And this is, this is, the, this is the good news. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The problem is, the treasures that we really need are not found on this world. And that's where we all fall short sometimes, even myself. I'm thinking through myself at different periods of my life where I've been drawn off the track with Jesus, looking at other treasures, accomplishments, you know, money, 
you know, fame, power, all these things that draw us off the, the center target, which is Jesus Christ. And he says, the treasure for me is Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suffer so that more people can experience and know Jesus Christ. He is the supreme treasure. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So many of us come to faith in Christ. Our sins are forgiven. We are given a righteous standing. And so when we stand before God and, and, and God's like, okay, I'm looking at you. I'm seeing your whole rap sheet of your whole life, every thought, every word, every action, every motivation of your heart. There it is. I see it all. He's like, so what, on what basis do you come into my holy presence? And we say, well, on the basis of Christ's righteousness. We've accepted his sacrifice on our behalf. He died for my sins. And I come in not on any standing of my own, but on the standing of Christ. And he says, okay, enter my presence. Many of us have come to that realization. If you haven't, I hope today you will. But after that, what comes next? Is that it? Is, is that, the, is that the, we've, we've discovered the treasure, it's over, we just kind of wait for heaven? Actually, what Paul's saying is that there is the present experience of Jesus Christ today that we all have, which is a treasure that keeps giving and giving and giving. It's like when you, you know, find a gold, you know, you're, you're mining. We used to watch this show when I was a kid called Gold Trails and Ghost Towns. Anyone remember that? Bill Barley it's on CHBC in Kelowna. And we watched, you know, Bill sit there telling stories about all these little towns in, in the southern BC and stuff where they would find silver mines and gold mines and some miner, you know, his mule went over the cliff and there was, you know, piles of gold lying in a, you know, in a hill aside somewhere. And, of course, it just stirred up this, like, oh, maybe I could find that treasure someday, you know, and, and that, that's kind of, but, but imagine your gold mine, choo, 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 and, you, boom, and, and you, you knock it off and suddenly there's this big nugget sitting in that rock. And you're like, yeah, I've got it. And you leave the mine and you go down to the town and they weigh that thing up and they pay you in cash and then you, and then you just walk away and you, and, you, and you go spend it all and, and, that, and that's it. No, it's not it. And then you go back to the mine, right? And you set up some booby traps around it, right? And, and, you, and, you, and, you, and you have guys with shotguns guarding it and you begin to just work that vein until you find the end of it, right? You're, you're going to get every little bit of gold out of that mine you can, right? Coming to faith in Christ is that first nugget. Chink. There's more to come. Christ in you, the hope of glory. But how many of us shove that nugget in our pocket and keep going on with our lives, neglecting the fact that there's a whole mind just waiting for us to discover? In the background of the book of Colossians is a group of people that are coming into Colossae, bringing different ideas, different themes, religiosity, weird new age garbage, and all this stuff, and they're pressuring the Colossian church to, that they're missing out on something. Oh, there's bigger treasures. You guys are missing the treasure. And, and, and they're like, well, are we missing the treasure? And, and Paul writes and says, you have the treasure. The stuff that you can find on YouTube, on the book table at Costco, uh, different Facebook posts and groups. And, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. And you kind of got to wade through it, but what Paul says, if you just get the number one treasure, then you'll be able to see the false little tinsels around you and realize what is of superlative value, and that is Jesus Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That someday, 
this world will end and I enter into the next world. And the next world is perfect. The next world has no pain. The next world has no suffering. The next world has no horrible election results. The next world, you know, it, you know, it's, it, it, it's just, you know, I'm not speaking politically here. I'm just speaking generally, of course. But uh, you know what I'm saying, right? There's no layoffs in heaven, right? No cancer. No chemo, no radiation, no horrible accidents. No relational breakdown. Can you imagine being in a place where everyone's your friend? Everyone loves you? Everyone's glad you came? They know your name? <laughs> can, can, can you imagine? You know, it's not found in a, you know, an underground bar in Chicago. It's found in glory. No tears? No loneliness? No isolation? The hope of glory. You have this riches, which is in Christ. And Paul goes on to say in verse 28, he's like, you know, and this is what we're all, this is what we're teaching you. We proclaim him by instructing and teaching all people with all wisdom so we may present every person mature in Christ. Toward this goal, I also label labor, struggling according to his power that powerfully works in me. We proclaim him, instructing and teaching everyone, because we want everyone to discover not just the nugget, but the whole experience, the whole vein of gold that's waiting for those that discover the treasure, which is Jesus Christ. I had a, I'm going to tell a fishing story now, because that's just, you know, some, some of you understand that fishing is, is a treasure kind of thing. We, we, we used to go fishing in this river. In, uh, we've got a little guy here. I don't know who he belongs to. But he doesn't belong. Okay, so it's okay, all right. So he probably doesn't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was this river in, in Wipers, and um, I would fish it with, with my kids, with close friends, take my three boys there. And, and as I walked up this river, there was this one honey hole. It was a special place. I didn't tell many people about this hole. The river kind of came down, hit this, this, this wall, and it kind of made this big pool, and there were always rainbow trout and brook trout and cutthroat trout just just waiting to to bite your hook just sitting in that big it was a secret spot it was it was my little treasure place and i only took select people there until one time the local government decided they needed to cut down all the trees and so they logged the, the hillside all the way up to the river and I, I drove down there because I'm like, oh, this must be close to my honey hole. And I'm, I'm driving down there and I get close to the, to, to the river and, and I see this RV parked right near my honey hole. And I'm like, oh no, it's ruined. You know, my, my secret is, is gone. And sure enough, multiple people had been there, the tracks and signs and, and fewer fish. And I'm like, oh, how could they take my honey hole away from me? I'm at the bank here in Lloydminster talking to a lady she's got a cabin up in Minnesota and I'm asking her okay so where are the walleye in Minnesota and she's like well my my neighbor caught some walleye I'm like well, where'd he catch him he said they wouldn't tell us you know <laughs> they're there somewhere but they wouldn't tell us right so it's different though with Jesus this is not a secret gold mine that we don't want anyone to discover you know, with, with secret maps and don't, don't let anyone know where that gold mine is located. Paul's like, we want everyone to have the map to the gold mine. We want everyone to know where the honey hole is. 
where they can fish and catch fish and, and catch walleye and, and fill them up and eat them. We want everyone to experience it. There is enough treasure there for everyone in this world to, to experience the, the lasting riches of glory forever and ever. We, this is not a secret gold mine. This is for everyone to experience. We proclaim him, teaching and admonishing with all wisdom so that we can present every person mature in Christ. This is an impossible job. Every person? Like, are you serious? Have you met some of the kids in the youth group? And, and have you been downstairs? You know, have you worked with adults before? Boy, it's like, it's like kicking, you know, blind mules. You know, like, it doesn't happen, you know, like, but every person? And thankfully, he has verse 29 there. He says, toward this goal, I also labor. And that's toil to the point of exertion. Struggling. And that's like a almost a military term to, to fight or a boxing term from the arena, MMA, you know, cage fighting. You know, it's like that's literally what ministry is like. You know, you're cage fighting and, and according to his power that powerfully works in me, God's power is working in and through you to help others discover the treasure that is Jesus Christ. You don't have to do it on your own. You can't do it on your own, in fact. But God's power works in you to bring people to understand where the treasure is, how to mine the treasure, how to grow in that treasure, and ultimately to become a complete person, mature, complete. The reality is none of us have arrived. But God is working in all of our lives. And as we center our lives and as we discover Christ as our treasure, we ultimately experience this thing where we become mature, complete. Your translation might even say perfect. But the idea is of, of just of, of finding the treasure and just having the peace that comes with that. Here's the difference, right? People that are still looking for their treasure don't have peace. How much money is enough? Well, just a little bit more. How many papers do I need to get out, get out of my wall? Well, just one more at least, and maybe another one, and then maybe another one. How many relationships do I have to have? Well, I just got to keep having them until I find the right one. And then along comes Jesus, and he says, yeah, you, you can actually find it right here. You, don't, you can stop your search, because you've discovered it. And now just, just dig down deeper and, and pull the wealth out of that mind that God has opened up for you in Jesus Christ. Paul goes on in verse 1 of chapter 2, and he says, I want you to know how great a struggle I'm having for you. And for those in Laodicea and for those who have not met me face to face, this is kind of a, a group of towns that are up the valley here near Colossae. My goal is that their hearts, having been knit together in love, may be encouraged, and that they may have all the riches that assurance brings in their understanding of the mystery of God, namely Christ. He's, again, he talks about riches here. That they may have all the riches that assurance brings. Here's the difference between Jesus and religion. Religion will never give you assurance. You're always working a little harder because you're just not sure if you've made it through. Even people that sometimes, you know, call themselves under the umbrella of Christianity are still trying to work to, to gain God's favor. They're doing things, they're, they're saying things, they're going through motions, and, and they're trying to say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm just trying to earn back your favor. And, and, and the reality is when you discover the treasure that is Christ, what comes with it is this assurance. It's when you go to sleep at night, you're not worried, did I do enough good things today? That if I die today, will the balance scales, you know, be in my favor? Or, you know, do I need to work a little harder? And assurance says, no, I, I, I'm, I'm 
Christ did it all for me. I, I don't need to do any more. But, but religion comes in and says, you're not doing enough. Legalists come in and say, you're not doing enough. New Age people come in and say, you're missing out on the secret mysteries. And, and until you have those things, you're not really going to experience everything that, that, that God of the universe has to offer. And, and Paul says in Colossians, Christ is everything. He is all in all. You don't need anything else. The riches are found in him. You can have this assurance that comes in the knowledge of the mystery of God, namely Christ. Now, this idea of mystery was a kind of a buzzword for the Colossians because these guys were coming in and suggesting that there were these secrets of the universe that you need to discover, much like you'll find today on some of our popular documentary channels on your satellite or on, you know, your, on, on your cable. You'll see there's all these documentaries about these secret hidden, you know, about the mystery, mysteries of the universe and UFOs and all this stuff. And he's like, the reality is that he's like, that, 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 that means nothing. The mystery, the secret is Jesus Christ. The secret is Christ. And he says in verse 3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. There's only one mind you need to discover and dig down in, and that's Jesus Christ. Every other one is a dead end that will not satisfy. And this is the challenge, is because we get sucked into, into, into mining and, and work in the wrong direction, and he's like, look, just dig right here. That's all you need. Everything you have right there, find it in Jesus Christ. There is no wisdom and knowledge outside of him that, that you need, that you can build your life upon, that will satisfy, that will bring you stability in your life. Even some of our most successful people that we would call successful are still striving. I mean, how many, you know, Super Bowls do you need? Man, I don't know, ask Tom Brady, but he keeps working at it. He's obviously one more, right? You know what I mean? He's not satisfied. How much money do you need? I don't know. And he says right here, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in Jesus Christ. And he continues and he says in verse 4, I say this so that no one will deceive you through sound arguments or through arguments that sound reasonable. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your morale and the firmness of your faith in Christ. You see how that idea of stability comes back at the end? It starts there in verse 23, and it comes back here in verse 5 of chapter 2. He's like, in the middle of this, we're talking about treasure, 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 but he's like, the reality is when you find the treasure, what you find is stability. Being popular is not a treasure quest that you can ever achieve, because you get it for a moment, then it disappears. Having perfect health is not a treasure that, that, that lasts because it, you have it in a moment and then it's gone. You know, the Holy Grail doesn't exist. Eternal life is found in Jesus Christ. And so, Paul says, why would you spend your life chasing after things that don't satisfy when you have what satisfies right in front of you, Jesus Christ? And he'll get into some specifics later, but, but I mean, we, we all have struggled at various points in our journey getting drawn away from this. We think, okay, well, if I'm successful, if I have a family, if I have children, if I, you know, if, if, if I get that degree, if I, if I buy that business, if I have that house, if I go to that place, if I, you know, and when we think, until we discover Jesus, it just always leaves us feeling empty. The treasure is Jesus, even the kids that you go to school with that think they're popular, 
they're empty as, as all get out. They, they, they're, they're struggling. Even the most successful person that you can, you can think of, I mean, they're, they're wondering, okay, what, what next, what next, what next, what next? They're not sure, but, but when you get Jesus, it gives you this peace and this stability and saying, you know what, I got everything I need right here. I'm good. I just got to keep digging down and discovering this wealth, which is in Christ Jesus. He says, I'm rejoicing to see the morale and the firmness of your faith in Christ. I'm just so glad you guys are here. And so we live in a town where many people are, haven't discovered the faith. Schools full of kids that are chasing other treasures. Your workplace, people are wondering, you know what, what's my next quest? You know what, what, what do I need to, to, to fill this void in my life? And and the Bible's really clear. You need Jesus Christ. But coming to that first nugget and just carrying that around for the rest of your life is not experiencing Christ. Experiencing Christ is digging into that mind and walking with Jesus. And yeah, that, that walk will include some suffering. It'll include some difficulties. It'll include some adversity. Absolutely. When you take on the, the treasure quest of Christ, guess what? You, you, you join a, a, a battle-scarred group of people that are get shot at every day. That's the reality. But you keep going. Why? Because you know the treasure's real. If, if you're our miner, you know that there's times when, you, when you're chinking away and you're wondering, does the treasure exist? I remember a gold pan, you know, like you go to some creeks and it looks good. And, and, and then, you oh, it's sparkly. Yeah, you know, and then you take it in. They're like, well, actually, that's, that's fool's gold. That's, you know, mica. It's not really gold. And, oh, disappointed, right? And that's life. You see the sparkle. You see the gleam. You're like, yeah, I've got it. No, it's not it. Jesus. That's what we at New Life have been preaching and teaching for, for years. And this is where we need to land today. Life is uncertain. The future, none of us know what the future holds. But we know who holds the future. We know where the, where the stability and, and security comes from. It comes from Jesus Christ. So your job, your relationships, your health, your, your financial statements, uh, you know, I mean, those are going to depress you at, at many times in your journey, but Jesus Christ will never let you down. He is the one treasure in your life that will keep giving and giving and giving and giving. Take everything else away, but give me Jesus, and you'll still be the richest person in the world. See, this is a universal principle. The third world, it applies to them just as it applies to us in the first world. Like, most of our problems are first world problems, but like, kids woke up in Haiti today, they're not eating because it's a crisis in that, in that country. Kids woke up in the Ukraine in orphanages and they've never known the love of a mother or father. I mean, we, our, our problems are, are not as big as others, but the reality is Christ meets us all at our point of need and enriches all of our lives. He is the treasure worth having. So, I don't know, what is your treasure quest? What are you seeking for today? God's word directs us to seek Jesus Christ and to find our treasure and our value in him and in him alone. Would you just pray with me as we close? Father in heaven, we thank you just that you gave us Jesus. That in him we discover the hope of glory. That someday you'll transform all of us that believe in him in, in, into perfect people living in perfect relationship with you, perfect relationship with one another, 
We can't even fathom what glory is going to be like, Lord, but we can look forward to it. Help our hope to lie firmly in, in the future that we have with Jesus Christ and the present that we have right now with Jesus Christ. Lord, for some here today, they are feeling the pressure of life. Financially, occupationally, relationally, Lord, there, there's hurting people in this world. I pray that the treasures of Christ would just minister to their heart this morning. And for our city, Lord, for, for the people in this region that don't know Jesus Christ, that are seeking treasures where, where, where they don't satisfy, may we and the other churches in this community be faithfully presenting the good news, which is Jesus Christ. And so I pray, Lord, that we would all just find and discover what it is to, to know Jesus, to walk with Jesus, to grow with Jesus. Help us to be faithful downstairs and with our youth and with our small groups and, and in proclaiming and, and teaching and admonishing people with all wisdom so we might present everyone mature, complete in Jesus Christ. That's our goal, Lord. Continue your work in our lives. We pray. In Jesus' name. I'm going to take up the offering this morning.